You guys know I love and support female-owned small business, and I want to tell you about this amazing new company called Ink and Ivy Collective. She commissions female tattoo artists from all over the world to make designs for apparel collections. She also does interviews with each artist and features them on her website so you can get to know the artists behind the designs. She loves the idea of women taking over a traditionally male-dominated industry, and I do too. So go check her out. Her website is Ink and Ivy Collective. Don't forget the collective.com or click the direct link in my show notes. Also check her out on Instagram. And from now until December 1st, to get 10 to 20% off with her Black Friday sale plus free shipping. So check out Ink and Ivy Collective. Hello and welcome to this week's episode of The Unconventional Gal, Forging Your Own Path with me, your host, Cherry Dollface. This week we're going to do things a little bit differently and by we I mean me because this is my show and I do what I want and I'm an adult. I'm only going to do one topic, one main topic this week because the topic I have brought in so many stories and I want to share a lot of them because I think they're very good. So first we're going to do Cherry's Book Club this week because I do it once a month and this is the time. I have to say, I'm kind of disappointed. I have not gotten any deep dark secrets from you guys, not nary a one. So if you are still interested in sending your deep dark secrets, please email me at theonlycherrydollface at gmail.com or text me at 818-640-7188 and let me know what your deep dark secrets are. It doesn't have to be like you murdered someone. Like it could literally be like you pooped on a date and overflowed the toilet and it was really embarrassing like we don't have to get into like illegal territory with these deep dark secrets but anyways we're gonna do my book club and then my main topic today is all about holidays and making your own traditions but first i'm gonna do my cherry's book club review and today i am reviewing a book i actually read this book years and years ago and it has stuck with me and anytime anybody asks for a recommendation or to borrow one of my books Yes, I pretty much am a library for my friends and people borrow books from me all the time. And this book is called The Brief History of the Dead by Kevin Brockmeyer. It's a pretty quick read. Hello, James. Welcome to my podcast. Hello. Thank you. <laughs> he forgot his phone in my bedroom. <laughs> so anyways, this book is, it's actually not super long. It's a pretty quick read. It's a pretty easy read, but the premise is so good. I'm kind of a, a fan of heaven and hell, post-apocalyptic, otherworldly type of stories. And I think this book, especially right now with a pandemic going on, is kind of like right on the nose. So essentially what the synopsis is, is that there's this place called the city. And when you die, you go to the city as long as someone living on earth remembers you. And you stay in the city until the last person on earth is dead and nobody is left to remember you. And then when that happens, then you go to whatever is beyond heaven or whatever it is. I don't actually remember what comes after that. So what happens is that there is a pandemic on earth that is killing people at huge speeds. And so the people in this city are di just disappearing. And when you leave, there's no warning. You just disappear when the person, the last person that remembers you dies. So it's told from the perspective of somebody that is living in this city and just like watching everybody disappear. It's kind of dark. It's really touching. It's really interesting. Can't recommend it more. So The Brief History of the Dead is my book recommendation 
for the month. I hope you guys read it. If you have read it or if you do read it, please message me and let me know what you thought. And especially if those of you that are listening that aren't really readers, this is kind of a good book for readers that aren't really readers because it's not super long. It's not super dense. It's just kind of like a quick, interesting. It's almost like a long short story, but it's a novel. All right, my friends. So thank you to everybody that has left a review so far. Just wanted to remind everyone, if you leave a review, screenshot it and email it to me with your mailing address, I would be happy to send you a handwritten postcard just as a thank you. That's kind of my little treat, I guess, for leaving me a review. If you have already left me a review and you would like a handwritten postcard, just screenshot the review you left, email it to me with your address, and I would also send you a postcard. It doesn't have to be a new review. And as always, when you do leave a review, please also leave your social media, your at whatever it is on there, because when I do run future giveaways, you're already entered and that helps me to be able to track you down if you are my lucky winner. So here I am all snuggled up in my bed. It's actually cold in LA, which is a rarity. And by cold, I mean, the high today was like 65. But to be fair, our lows are in the 40s right now, which for LA is almost unfathomable. I think we had a night the other night that was 30 something. So I know it's not exactly like Minneapolis cold or Calgary cold, but it is our own brand of cold and we like our winter just as it is. That being said, I've been so snuggly and I'm wearing my little sweatpants and my socks and my big oversized sweater and I'm probably going to pour myself a glass of wine when this podcast is done because that has really nothing to do with the warm weather, but I just like to drink wine and any excuse. I feel like winter is kind of the time for red wine. I have a hard time with red wine in the summer. I did a get ready with me video drinking wine and I did a glass of white and a glass of red and it was when it was really hot outside and let me tell you choking down a glass of red wine when it's like 90 degrees outside not the best thing ever but when you have like a nice cozy delicious comforting meal and then a nice room temperature glass of red wine that just I didn't make that sound delicious I swear it is if you are a wine drinker you will know if you are not a wine drinker I'm really not selling it I was actually just watching an episode of uh, I think it's called welcome to Plathville today and the main character one of the main characters he's very sheltered and they never had alcohol growing up and so his wife is kind of teaching him the ways so she gets their first bottle of red wine and he's in the kitchen getting glasses of ice because <laughs> he doesn't understand the ways of the wine so anyways on to our main topic today main topic like i said is about holidays and making your own traditions i would like to thank the babe that actually sent me this as a recommendation of a topic to do i am so so sorry i do not remember your name you left this as a suggestion on my Facebook a long, long time ago, and I put it in my little like to-do, and I forgot to write your name down. So I'm very sorry. If it was you that suggested this as a podcast, please message me, and I will give you credit in my next podcast. I like to credit people. Also, um, I'm going to read some stories and questions a little bit later in the podcast. So if you submitted, your full spelled out names will be in the show notes. So I'm sorry if I butcher your names. But also for those of you that want to submit to future podcasts for my questions or my stories, please follow me on all my socials. I am at the Cherry Dollface on everything. I mostly get my questions and stories from Instagram and Facebook. So without further ado, let's talk about making your own traditions. So I talked a little bit uh, two podcasts ago about traditions versus routines. So today we're really just talking about holiday traditions, not just traditions in general. So because it's sort of the 
Thanksgiving, Christmas, Hanukkah, Kwanzaa, the winter tradition season. That's more what I'm talking about right now versus like I did get a few stories about like St. Patrick's Day tradition or Valentine's Day traditions. And I thought those were mega cute, but it's like maybe I'll do those kind when those holidays get a little bit closer. And I had so many winter tradition stories. So traditions are important for us to feel connected to our lives and our families and our heritage, especially for those of us that either we've moved far away from our home countries or our parents have, and they want us to stay close to their traditions and their you know, cultural traditions that I think are really important. And it's really interesting because, you know, in, in the United States, our traditions are so kind of all over the place because, you know, as they say, we are a melting pot. And with that comes kind of a melding of traditions. And, you know, people get married from different backgrounds and cultures and heritage, and then they create their own traditions where I think if you go to maybe Russia or Germany or Poland, I think there's more focalized traditions in those countries that are kind of like general to those countries and those cultures. So that's why I think America is really unique in the fact that we don't really have a culture of tradition when it comes to the holidays. And even among Christmas, which is generally a, a Christian holiday in America, I'd say, a, you know, a lot of people that celebrate Christmas either don't identify as Christians or don't identify as religious. I celebrate Christmas and I am probably borderline atheist between the line of atheist and agnostic, but I freaking love Christmas and it is my favorite holiday of the year. I don't think that you need to identify with a religion to celebrate holidays the way that you would like to, unless, you know, maybe it's a holiday that is purely based on religion, but I think Christmas has kind of morphed outside of that now and it, it is bigger than Christ. Sorry to my Christian friends that are listening, but Christmas is for all of us. I even have Jewish friends that celebrate Christmas because it's freaking fun and Christmas carols are magical for everybody. And if the smell of a Christmas tree doesn't float your fancy, then there's something wrong with you. The other thing too is that traditions can change. So, you know, a lot of the traditions that we had or that I had growing up came from maybe my grandparents and family that was married into my family. And then as I've gotten older and as family has changed a little bit or we've added family or new people have gotten married, those traditions have changed. And I think for a lot of people, traditions change from childhood to when you find a partner or have children or start your traditions of your own. So don't think of traditions as being rock solid. I mean, obviously, to some people, holiday traditions are very important. But I also think that it is important to change those traditions as needs be, depending on who comes in and out of your life. And with this, be sensitive of your partner's traditions. I know it's, you know, if you're like really a Christmas person and then you marry a Jew, you're going to have to learn Hanukkah. Unless your Jewish spouse is totally cool just doing Christmas, you know, not only for the the religious aspect of it and maybe the heritage aspect of it, but all our traditions are important to us and everybody's traditions are important to them in their own way. So, you know, like when James came into my life, now I have his whole family and their traditions. So I'm not always going to get 100% of my own traditions all the time, but that's okay because him and I now are building our life together and we are sort of creating our own meld of tradition using each one of our backgrounds. And also I think too, if you're going to have children, I think it's so important to be able to combine 
traditions from each parent to pass on to your children because that right there is heritage. Because maybe, you know, your tradition of drinking mulled wine on Christmas Eve and baking sugar cookies came from your Finnish grandpa. I don't even know if that's a Finnish tradition. I know they drink mulled wine. (laughs) And they drink it hot, which I was just talking about earlier. I know this because my Finnish friend Heidi, I had a Christmas party years ago and she brought over this like spiced red wine and she was like, yeah, you heat it up. And I was like, hot wine? That sounds terrible. But you know what? I don't know because I never tried it because I'm a sissy and I should be more open to other people's traditions. But anyways, so that was a tradition that is important to her and her heritage and it is a finished tradition. So if she had a child, it would be important to pass it on to her children because otherwise her heritage would stop with that. So that's why I think it is really important to combine traditions when you combine families or find a partner and start your life together. Also, like I said, it's so important to respect religious beliefs. And the thing to remember is that you chose your partner and that includes their beliefs and that includes their religion. So if you are steadfast atheist and you marry a Christian and you don't want to celebrate Christmas, well, too damn bad. You are celebrating Christmas and you are going to be full of Christmas cheer and you are going to bake cookies and you're going to put up a Christmas tree and you're going to sing carols and watch White Christmas because that is important to your Christian partner. And by your Christian partner, I mean me. (laughs) But it might also be important to your Christian partner as well. Regardless of what the religious belief is, whether you're Jewish or Muslim or Christian or I don't know enough about religion to know all of these different holiday traditions amongst the religions. But either way, just know that you chose your partner and your partner comes with their beliefs and their traditions and their religion. And religion above all is such an important thing to so many people that once you choose that partner and you are in it for the long haul, that's kind of a non-negotiable for most people. And you just have to know that. So on date one, if they say they love Christmas and you are Scrooge McDuck over here, it's probably not going to work. Also, on the flip side of that, don't hold on to traditions that you don't like or that make you uncomfortable just because they're tradition. There's this whole thing happening now that I think is great with children, with parenting children, in sort of saying you shouldn't force your children into like kissing Aunt Myrtle or hugging Uncle Joe because you're teaching them body autonomy when they're really young. And if they don't want to be touched or touch other people, they shouldn't have to. And I think that is great. And I think that the same goes for traditions. It's like, you know, maybe your kid doesn't want to sit on Santa's lap and you're not going to get that great picture, but your kid isn't going to have the trauma of sitting on some strange old man's lap. And maybe they just don't like to do that. Maybe they do. I freaking love Santa. Santa was my homie. I told him everything I wanted every year. Most of the time I got it. When I didn't, I didn't hold a grudge because, you know, I get it. But not every kid is going to want to do that. And kids aside, just some traditions just don't make you feel good. Don't make you happy. Or it's just something you don't want to do. Some traditions are a lot of work. My ex and his family, they made Christmas cookies. And I mean, I'm telling you, they made Christmas cookies. Like, they would make probably 10 varieties of cookies and then make 100 of each cookie. The whole house would be covered with cookie sheets all day long the day that they made them. And then they would freeze them and then they would put them on trays and give them away to people. And like that was great and it was fun. But once you get to the point where that's not fun anymore and it just feels like labor, maybe that's a tradition not to do anymore. But you know what? I love cookies. So to me, that is a very useful tradition, mostly for my mouth hole. So my family's traditions, I don't have a very traditional family. 
all of us are kind of all over the place as far as religious beliefs. My mom's one of those like believes in God, but it's not, she's not super churchy. She doesn't really ever go to church. Grandparents are more religious. I don't even know what my sister believes. I, like I said, I'm like agnostic, borderline atheist. So our family traditions really don't have anything to do with religion when it comes to holidays. But what we always do, well, we, we did when I was little. It's a little bit different now, but uh, we always would decorate our Christmas tree the weekend of Thanksgiving and listen to Elvis Christmas records while we decorated our Christmas tree. And I grew up in Oregon where you would always have a fresh tree, obviously, because they're really cheap and easy to get up there. But depending on where Thanksgiving fell, our tree would be dead as hell by Christmas. But you know what? I have kept that tradition alive and I refuse to buy a fake tree because now living in LA, the smell of pine is not something you ever smell. So for me, it's all about the smell. The smell is what makes Christmas feel like Christmas. So trees are really extra dead here. So we don't usually get our tree until like the first week of December. Otherwise, it, it's basically just fire tinder. But I still get a fresh tree and I still decorate it listening to Elvis Christmas. Also, one tradition that my mom does that I actually love and it makes just for like a fun Christmas morning. She puts lottery scratches in our stocking, <laughs> which is actually so much fun, even for like when you're younger, just because it's like playing a game. And she she'll do like a couple of the little dollar ones, but then she'll do like a couple fives, maybe a 10, maybe a 20. And those are the ones that are like bingo or word search. So it's not just a scratch it ticket, but it's also like something fun. Like we all just sit around and you just hear like as we're all scratching our little scratchers and there's the little crumbs all over the living room. And it's so fun when you're like, I want a dollar and it's free money because she bought all the scratchers for us. But even if you win, I think one year I won like $91 and I was so excited every next ticket that I scratched that had something on it it was just like super fun I guess it's kind of like teaching your kids to gamble young but <laughs> I'm not really a gambler so I think I'm the the proof that it is not harmful to children and then another tradition that my family always did which we don't as so much anymore because we're older but I'm going to carry it on with my niece and nephews is so my uncle Carrie he always lived in Kansas when we were growing up and we lived in Portland so we never really got to spend Christmas with him but he would always send us Christmas presents and it would just be one present per kid and it was always the coolest like my uncle Carrie is the biggest weirdo he's fun and side story we went and saw the Blair Witch Project when I was in high school so this is when my parents had already moved to Kansas and I was just visiting them for the summer and my dad is like a mega scaredy cat for any kind of scary movie so if you've seen the Blair Witch Project one of the things they do in the in the movie is that the Blair Witch leaves these like little stick figures around everywhere so my uncle after we went and saw this movie he stood up all night collecting sticks and he made all these little stick figures and he left them all over our front porch and then he made like a life-size one and hung it from the tree outside of our house so when my dad opened the door to leave for work in the morning that was all he saw and it scared the crap out of him and it was great so my uncle carrie is the most delightful weirdo that you could ever possibly meet he's so bizarre and funny and he's really good at photoshop and he photoshops he photoshopped the three stooges as my back piece and posted it on my page and people actually thought it was real and I did not correct them because I thought it was hilarious. He also photoshopped me on my arm where my Maryland tattoo is so people thought I had me tattooed on my own arm. Anyways, that being said, my Uncle Carrie always sent just the coolest Christmas presents. So the tradition with Uncle Carrie's presents always was Christmas Eve night. We got to open one present and it was always Uncle Carrie's. And because they were always so fun, it would always be like something really fun to play with or doodle around with or whatever so i am 
keeping that tradition alive with my niece and nephews. And it's going to be Aunt Cherokee presents on Christmas Eve. So that's a way that you can keep traditions alive without necessarily like I don't get presents from Uncle Carrie anymore, but I'm the new Uncle Carrie. Sorry, Uncle Carrie, you have been demoted. That is all my spiel. I got so many stories about traditions and I just think that they're really interesting to share. So I'm going to share as many of them as I can. We'll see how long this podcast ends up being. The first one is from Jessica. Oh, be forewarned. Some of these are really sad, but some of them are funny and some of them are just really interesting and cool and amazing. Jessica Zeisler says, growing up, my parents made Christmas a really horrible thing every year. It stressed them out and they always fought. Now that I'm an adult, I wanted to make it fun and feel good. My tradition has been to pick a theme for gifts every year. My husband and I are nerds, so it's usually movie or video game related. So there you go. You took something that was really bad growing up and you made it into something that's really fun. I actually love the idea of theme gifts. I think that's a great idea, especially if you do like a like a Secret Santa or like the steal gift game where everybody brings a gift and then you can like steal it. I think the theme is actually super fun. Okay, Kristen Reinhardt said, my parents live far away and my extended family isn't close. We don't really travel to see each other for holidays. I have 50-50 custody of my two older kids and every other year they aren't with us and it feels sad to make a big meal for just myself and my husband. Every other Thanksgiving, it's Webbsgiving, where we go to this shitty little diner called George Webbs because it's all that's open and we eat hash browns and drink coffee. Now we have a baby together, so he comes along with us on Webbsgiving years. I think that's super cute. And a funny little side note, on this comment, there were like three people that were like, oh my God, Webbs is terrible. <laughs> so George Webbs is terrible. So apparently it is terrible, but I love that they made a tradition out of that. And that's the thing too. Like I said, traditions don't have to be about religion or heritage or anything other than just you do the same thing every year. And that's what makes them fun. James and I, our tradition just personally together is we spend the holidays with our family. And then on the day after Christmas, we come home, we put our jammies on, we pour little boozy drinks and like make something delicious to eat. And then we open our presents for each other. And we just do that alone with each other. Katie Lancaster says, each year my daughter crafts a Christmas crown and wears it most of Christmas Day. This year being a pandemic holiday, we will be mailing supplies to family to create their own to wear over our Zoom Christmas dinner call. Should be a fun time. So she actually sent me a picture of what her daughter's Christmas crown looked like last year and it was mega cute. But this is what I think is great too, how people are are keeping their traditions during COVID, but also staying COVID safe, which I think is really important. And especially it's important to not cancel traditions, especially if you have kids, because traditions are so important to kids, you guys. It was like the devastation of kids that couldn't trick-or-treat this year in the places that weren't doing trick-or-treating. Those are just the traditions. Like when you're a kid, a year of your life is a long time and you wait so long for that Christmas crown. So I'm glad that you are still doing that for her. Martha Lopez says, I make a gingerbread house each year for my little nieces and nephews to share. A different theme every year. North Pole with penguins, retro caravan, treehouse, etc. On the big day, they are each given spoons and smash it to bits. Demolition derby. So much fun and laughter. Then they each take home a doggy bag of biscuit and lollies. I live in Australia. Thank you for that. <laughs> so a biscuit in Australia would be a cookie in America. They're not actually like breaking apart buttermilk biscuits. <laughs> Although I would break the shit out of a buttermilk biscuit and smother it with butter and jam and eat it. Uh, lollies also are like candy, not lollipops like we would think in the States. So 
I think that is mega cute. And then it gives you the fun of making a gingerbread house. Honestly, I've never made a gingerbread house. I've always wanted to. I just saw this whole thing on Facebook of gingerbread houses. I guess they're not gingerbread houses. They're like holiday houses made out of like meats and cheeses, which I think is great too. Brandy Turner McGrath says, My then 17-year-old son died a few weeks before Christmas, almost five years ago. We were absolutely devastated, and I didn't know how to survive Christmas, but I also didn't know how I'd ever do it again if I skipped the year. We saved his special ornaments for last, and after dinner on Christmas Eve, everyone chose an ornament to hang on the tree. With every ornament, we share a memory about him or something. Ooh, this one is getting me. I told you some of them were sad. (laughs) Okay, laugh through the tears. Uh, Share a memory about him or something we had done that year that we wish we could have shared with him. It's a bittersweet tradition, but it's been a lovely way to remember him. I'm so glad you guys can't see me right now. I'm wearing makeup and it's probably all over my face. So I just think it's important to share too that, you know, a lot of people deal with really tragic things around the holidays. And I think that it is still important, like she said, to keep the traditions going because if you give up on them, then they die. And that's What I was talking about a few podcasts ago is how it's just so important as humans to have those traditions just to keep us going, to keep having something to look forward to, especially in hard times. You know, this year is COVID year and a lot of people have lost people, have lost businesses, have lost houses, have, you know, have lost everything. And so I think it's it's really important to hear stories like this to know that keeping traditions alive is really important and they've that family has turned it into like something really beautiful and lovely and i'm sure they all laugh and they all cry and it because becomes something that they all look forward to every year all right ambular wall says we started thanksgiving eve gumbo dinner night a few years ago my stepkids and their kids already have two to three other places to go thanksgiving day and by the time they get to our house they aren't hungry and are so exhausted we had so much food left that hardly anyone ate so my husband makes his famous gumbo with turkey and the kids have time to visit now it's something we all look forward to so first of all i don't generally eat gumbo but if there was turkey in a gumbo i would probably eat it i think that's a great idea and i there's a question coming up about sort of splitting holidays and i think that's just a great way to go about it so my best friend caitlin who hopefully is listening right now she their family does their thanksgiving on friday so it was great one year i went to visit and i flew out there on friday morning so i did thanksgiving with my family and then i flew out on friday and i got two thanksgivings and they do it that way so that everybody that's married and has other families can do their thanksgiving with those families on thursday it doesn't matter what day you do it it's still a holiday it's still a holiday weekend and it's still being spent with family and that's all that matters and also who doesn't want to eat delicious turkey gumbo come on noelle schultz says When my mother was a little girl, her parents moved their family from Germany to Oregon in the early 70s. My grandmother decided to really get into the holiday spirit and worked really hard to make this huge German dinner and invited all her neighbors over. Once everyone sat down, she smiled and said, Happy Thanksgiving. One of the neighbors politely said, Uh, Anita, it's not Thanksgiving. This is November 1st. To which my grandmother replied, Of course I know this. This is for practice. My family has had German food for practice Thanksgiving every year since. first of all i'm terrible at a german accent if i was good at it i would have said that in a german accent but i can only imagine her saying that and everybody just dying laughing and i'm sure it was just the cutest thing ever but that's where i kind of what i'm talking about where it's important to keep traditions close to your heritage but also to accept new traditions like this german grandmother did they don't have thanksgiving in germany but she like really wanted to get it right and i think that is so cute 
Madeline Smith says, we want to turn Thanksgiving, a lot of these are Thanksgiving. We want to turn Thanksgiving into thanks for what we have and giving what we can. So we want to have the boys and us go through clothes, toys, books, etc., and take donations to the local family center. Then take the boys to the store and have them each pick out one toy to give to the Toys for Tots program. That way they get excited about sharing with others. It also will clear room for the gifts they get from family for Christmas. We also plan to do only one gift from Santa, so that one is special. Then from mommy and daddy, they get one thing they want one thing they need, and one thing to read. That way they can appreciate what they have and really put thought into quality instead of quantity. So first of all, I think it is so important to buy children books. Buy them books from when they are just tiny little things. Get them reading. Reading is good for the brain. Reading is good for the soul. Reading is just good for life. So I love that you are doing one of the gifts to read. But I also love the idea of teaching children to give back and to be thankful for what they have. I think that is so important. And I love that your tradition starts at Thanksgiving and goes all the way through Christmas. I actually adopted a family a few years ago when I was, you know, I was doing well financially and I just, I wanted to do something. So through LA, most cities have these programs if you're interested in doing it. Basically, I adopted an entire entire family that was low income. So I sponsored their whole Christmas. I bought them their whole Christmas dinner. I bought gifts each for the parents, for all the kids. They needed beds like the kids were sleeping on the floor. So I bought them mattresses for bunk beds. I didn't do it alone. I I had some friends help me financially with it, but I did all the shopping and the wrapping and like dropping it all off. But it was just they were so grateful. They didn't speak English. They were a Spanish speaking family. But even when I went and dropped it off, just the the gratitude and the love that I felt from somebody that didn't even speak my language and just knowing that it was helping to make their holiday special. It's so important. And it's so important to teach children that because kids get spoiled and they become little dickheads and they don't understand that Christmas isn't about just getting stuff. And so I think it's so important to let kids understand that, to make kids understand that. Because there are a lot of kids that don't get anything or kids that get a freaking mattress and it's the best day of their life. This one is my favorite. Lamira Watson says, I hope I said that right. My dad and I get whiskey drunk and watch detective shows. We go to bed when my mom yells at us to stop yelling about who's the killer. (laughs) I love that. It is so untraditional. And I can just imagine the cacophony that your poor mother has to deal with. And she probably loves it just as much as she hates it. And getting whiskey drunk is my favorite thing. So there you go. Okay. So I have, I only have two questions actually this week. This was, there were so many stories. And if you submitted a story, I'm so sorry that I did not get to it. If I didn't read it on here, I'm not kidding. I got like 200 stories. So it was really hard to pick the best ones. So first question is, it's my first year being away from family for Christmas advice for how to get through. So I think with anything, the best way to get through being away from your family is to create your own traditions and something for yourself to look forward to, especially if being away from your family is going to be an ongoing thing. So maybe take some things from your family traditions so that you feel at home, but then create your own traditions so that they feel like they're yours and your own and they give you, you know, like I said, something to look forward to. Also, technology is great. FaceTime your family on Christmas, send them gifts, have them send you gifts, FaceTime together and open them together, FaceTime in them on your Christmas dinner and eat together. It's so easy to to stay connected. And I think a lot of us have learned this in COVID times of how easy it is to try to stay connected to each other. Or like that, the gal said in her story, you know, sending everybody supplies so that you can all make your own Christmas crowns together. Maybe make a pie together or a gingerbread house or something like that. Oh, I don't know if I said the name of that person. It was at Let's X Go. Next question. Alexis V 
asks, I would love some advice about juggling both sides of the family for the holidays. Both our families are needy and his family can be very harsh with saying things like we should separate the holidays so they can have more time and I should stay with my family and they don't want to combine holidays but also get very upset when we go to both sides in one day. My partner and I spend most of our holiday on the highway driving to and from family trying to please everyone in our families. Even after five years, our family still doesn't want to combine holidays. This is tough, but here's the thing. You guys are adults and you need to set boundaries in your own lives and you need to learn how to create your own traditions. One thing that is really useful, and this is what James and I are doing this year, is splitting Thanksgiving and Christmas and then alternating. So this year, his family gets Thanksgiving, your family gets Christmas. Next year, your family gets Thanksgiving, his family gets Christmas. That stops the driving all over tarnation thing, and then you're still getting each other. I mean, Thanksgiving and Christmas are usually less than a month apart. Also, you can do Thanksgiving Eve or Christmas Eve and Christmas Day split. Like I was saying, my friend Caitlin does with doing Thanksgiving on Friday and Thursday or doing Christmas Day on the 25th and the 26th. It doesn't matter what day Christmas Day actually is or do Christmas Eve with his family and Christmas Day with your family. It's all the same thing. It, you know, if you have kids, that's one thing. If they want to like wake up Christmas morning and have Santa's presents or whatever you do, that is definitely one thing. But you can split your holidays. If it's Hanukkah, you could have four days with one family and four days with the other family. I think there's eight days of Hanukkah. I'm a really bad Jew because I'm not Jewish at all. I'm a really bad Christian because I'm also not Christian at all. But yeah, alternating years is just a really good idea. Or just host your own be the host. Host Thanksgiving. Host Christmas. Have both sides of the family come to your house and create a whole new tradition. If your house isn't big enough to do that, that might not be an option, but hosting is never a bad idea. And just like host a Christmas Eve so everyone can come over and then Christmas Day they can all do whatever they want to do. And then you and your husband can just like chill and relax and have your own Christmas together and drink copious amounts of whiskey and maybe watch detective shows and yell about who's the killer. So one gal actually gave me a story, and I think that this applies to Alexis's question. So Megan Ryan said, we have pie night the night before Thanksgiving. We get together for pie. Then individual families can do what they want, go to the in-laws, whatever, and you're not too full from dinner to enjoy the pie. So that's the thing is you can create whatever traditions that you want in whatever way works for you. And just know you are not the first couple that has had the conundrum of splitting holidays. That is pretty across the board. I mean, even when James and I first got together, it was, you know, trying to figure out because my family's in Denver and his family's in Vegas and we live in LA. So it's not impossible. You can do it. Don't stress yourself out. Part of the fun of the holidays is the fun of the holidays. Be relaxed. Don't go where you don't want to go. Don't do what you want to do. Don't feel guilty. You're an adult. This is your life. Live it the way you want to live it. All right, Patreon shout out for the month. Amy Long, Molly Mayhem, Karen Kuzmensky, Screaming Space, Vintage Dreamer, Rachel McLeod, Alexander Franks, Dominique Dustine, Jen, Sarah Elizabeth, Tia Marie, and Chloe Kingler. Thank you for being my patrons. If you would like to be a patron as well, I do all kinds of fun things like private tutorials and Q&As, and I send Polaroid pictures and all kinds of fun things. So if you want to join, my Patreon is the same name as this podcast there's links to everything below in the show notes as well if you want to join but as always thank you guys so much for listening and i hope that everybody has joyful healthy happy stress-free holidays that is my hope i know it is not always reality but do your best take it easy on yourself also don't be an asshole 
And until next time, here's me waving like a maniac. Bye, guys.